You are listening to Ideas Aloud, a podcast series by the Institute for Democracy and Economic Affairs, Ideas Malaysia. For more information about our work, log on to www.ideas.org.my to download our policy papers. Hi everyone, uh, on today's episode of Ideas Aloud, uh, this episode is called Bursting Bubbles, Tulips, Houses and Trendy Beverages. And today uh, I have uh, Dr. Carmelo Ferlito with me, Ideas Senior Fellow. Uh, he uh, His area of research is on business cycles. He has uh, explored this topic since 2001 and uh, he has done research on uh, several fluctuation theories, focusing in particular on Schumpeter, Hayek and Spithoff. Uh, he develops he developed a theory called the natural cycle and uh, has become quite a mini celebrity here in Malaysia uh, regarding a uh, topic of property and house prices and uh, more recently uh, bubble tea. So uh, for those of you wondering why uh, the topic is named so uh, today's uh, podcast is named uh, bursting bubbles. Um, so re- in Malaysia, I think the current situation with the um, housing market is that uh, we are in a bubble. And uh, if you read uh, Dr. Car- some of Dr. Carmelo's comments and also the paper that he wrote on the issue, um, uh, he, he can share with us some of his uh, opinions on the issue. And also he was recently interviewed about uh, this recent bubble tea phenomenon, which is, uh, has infected uh, Malaysian youth <laughs> and uh, if you go on Instagram and Facebook all you can see is pictures of bubble tea uh, so yeah so uh, this is uh, you know thought, I thought that it would be a bit fun to explore this topic so Dr. Carmelo thank you for joining us uh, my first question to you is uh, so what are actually what are bubbles actually economically and you know the concept of bubbles and uh, what does it mean and is it something that's inherent in the modern economy Yes, good morning, first of all, and thanks for having me here. Uh, I would say that bubble is just uh, a journalistic word Mm -hmm. uh, to summarize uh, a more uh, complex phenomenon, which are economic fluctuations or uh, what we call business cycles. So in in the word bubble, we we summarize the idea that uh, the economic development moves through different stages Mm. of boom, bubbles Mm -hmm. and crisis. Uh, According to my opinion, uh, and this is the core of my analytical vision on on business cycles, these fluctuations, at least at a certain extent, can't be avoided Mm -hmm. and are part of the economic system. A different extent in different industries, sometimes at very limited uh, scope, sometimes affecting more generally uh, the, the whole economy. But we we live in a world full of bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly. Um, and it's, it's a concept, I assume, that uh, only exists in a uh, market economy system, a uh, free market economy system, am I right? It's a phenomenon that uh, we have seen uh, actually everywhere in economic history, mm-hmm. uh, even before market economy or capitalism as, um, as we know it now. Mm-hmm. Surely, um, their intensity and their recurrence became more uh, uh, frequent mm-hmm. uh, in the in the market economy because of the speed of the economy, mm-hmm. uh, because of certain because actually there is a wider engagement of the population with the economy. Mm, okay, and is it is it a phenomenon that um, it, it's something that affects? 
I see a very wide range of industries, right? So just now we talked about property and then there's, you know, obviously food and beverage industry yeah. like bubble tea. Uh, maybe you can share with us some uh, examples actually of of this phenomenon occurring in different um, different industries and societies maybe. Uh, well, uh, even uh, in the pre-industrial era, usually in economic history, uh, we talk about uh, the the tulips mm, uh, bubble yes. that affect the, the Dutch economy mm-hmm. uh, and regarded the speculation fever mm-hmm. over tulips bulbs. Okay. Uh, so it's quite uh, funny to, uh, <laughs> to, be, to be recalled, mm-hmm. but yeah, apparently as no uh, rationality, there is no rationality mm-hmm. behind, but indeed if we look at the uh, psychological motivations behind this speculation is uh, all but uh, irrational. Mm. Um, then, uh, of course, we have had several housing bubbles. Uh, we had uh, the big burst in 1929 that affected the world economy. Uh, the dot-com mm. uh, bubble in 2000-2001. Uh, the, the subprime crisis uh, mm-hmm. uh, in 2007 uh, in Europe and the uh, United States. Uh, but then we, we can have also smaller scale phenomenon whenever a certain product that is introduced in the economy becomes fashionable. Mm-hmm. And because of this uh, probably unexpected reaction of uh, the demand side toward the specific product, uh, then uh, new investors come in mm-hmm. trying not to be left out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is the typical case of the of the bubble tea, mm-hmm. when the bubble tea uh, bubble <laughs> will <laughs> burst, uh, probably will have not the, the consequences that an eventual uh, housing bubble bursting mm-hmm. will have on the general economy. Uh, however, the psychological and economic dynamic behind that is uh, precisely the same. Mm-hmm. The mechanism that we find behind is exactly the same. Um, just now when you talked about this, the tulip mania that happened, was it in the Netherlands? In the Netherlands, right? yes. um, yeah. And you said uh, that it was, there was an irrational uh, sort of reasoning behind it. Could, maybe you could explain more on what happened and what was this irrational? Well, it looks like irrational, mm-hmm. like, like uh, honestly, even the bubble tea might look mm-hmm. like uh, irrational. Um, but economically speaking, it is not. Mm-hmm. We have to think, uh, maybe with the risk to get a little bit complicated, what, what is rationality? <laughs> yeah. uh, as human actors, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, economic agents, we are always rational mm-hmm. in the sense that whatever we do, we do assuming that the result of our action, the consequences of our action, will leave us better off. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, believing that, we will be better off and actually uh, (laughs) become being better off uh, is uh, is not the same thing because in the middle there is time flow Mm. and the time flow makes everything possible. So the the outcome of a market process is always open-ended. But I argue that we are rational because the decisions we make are consistent with the content of information, the knowledge that we possess in the moment in which we make. Mm-hmm. that choice. Uh, we never act to arm ourselves. Yeah. Okay. We in general in general terms, yeah. let's say in normal situations. Uh, the problem is that our knowledge, our information is uh, never perfect. Mm-hmm. And therefore, because of the limits in our knowledge and because of the 
novelty always brought in by time flow, mm. we, we make mistakes. Mm. And this is precisely what happens uh, over um, a business cycle. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, let, let's take the example of, of the bubble tea, but the dynamic of the tulip bulbs was the same. At a certain point, uh, a product uh, gets successful mm-hmm. and uh, the first people investing in a certain product makes mm-hmm. make good returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's not irrational to try to follow this yeah. wave. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that at a certain point, it becomes evident in the moment in which the product is no more fashionable, yeah. uh, that uh, the demand side and the supply side fight in a struggle yeah. uh, to get uh, to get balanced. Yeah. So at a certain point, only limited number of, uh, let's say, innovators. There will be survivors. With, with survivors, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, that depends how long also mm. the, the wave uh, the wave will last. Uh, but the same happened in example with the dot com. Mm. At a certain point, it looked that uh, it was enough to open a website mm-hmm. uh, to become rich yeah. and make money. Mm. But that was not the case. Yeah. Only uh, the first innovators, only the best structured uh, firms mm. uh, remain active in the market. The mm-hmm. other had to be clear out uh, the so-called production structure needed Mm. to uh, restructure to be consistent with the actual demand side Mm. and this is what we call usually a crisis so even if uh, crisis the the world crisis uh, open uh, the doors to panic to bad feelings Mm -hmm. but indeed from an economic perspective the crisis is is good Mm. uh, because is the moment in which uh, a fever uh, get healed, mm, okay, in the yeah. moment in which uh, the, the situation start to get normal and more consistent with mm. the new scenario. The new scenario is, uh, is different with the old scenario. So we will have bubble tea yeah. after, uh, after the bursting of the bubble yeah. um, and before we didn't have bubble tea. Mm. But we will not have probably 20 bubble tea shops in a row. In a row, yeah. yeah. Like, ha- like what's happening now in SS15, In SS15, right? very close where I live. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I'm caught in jam because, of, yeah. <laughs> because youngsters go to, mm. to queue for bubble tea. <laughs> and I just want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that's, uh, that's interesting. So um, actually, the, if you're using the example of the bubble tea for me, it's also because it's it, when this current boom that it's in, um, you know, bubble tea is not exactly new. There were already bubble tea shops before. And then, I don't know, maybe social media, I think, played some role where, you know, it started becoming trendy on social mm-hmm. media. And then, and then I think it started to peak. And now it's like, as you said, like 15 shops in a row. And there's all these different, different brands. And then I guess eventually when the bubble burst, there will, it will be left with yeah. a few, right? The so-called survivors. But um, looking at a more complex, uh, say, uh, Product. I would go. I can't find a better word for it. Like like houses, for example. Mm-hmm. So um, how how does that work? Because how you know houses are something. It's something more permanent. It's something that is related to so many other aspects of the economy. Um, uh, maybe you can share with us uh, what uh, how bubbles affect uh, property and how that kind of uh, plays out in in the overall economy. Of course, the scope of the the cycle, uh, the dimension of the cycle in the Malaysian property market is much bigger than the cycle in the in the bubble tea yes. uh, sector. Mm-hmm. However, the dynamic that we see behind is precisely the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we look 
at uh, the market signal from the demand side uh, after 1998 uh, and then in particular after 2008, we see a growing uh, demand for high-end properties mm -hmm. because there is the specific segment uh, in which we observed uh, a bubble in the, in the property market in Malaysia and the supply side reacted mm. supplying yes. those houses that were in demand. So when, uh, when we judge a little bit, uh, <laughs> too in a hurry that uh, entrepreneurial mistakes were, uh, were made, we have to consider how everything started. Mm. There were uh, signals from the demand side, the demand side for high uh, segment, high hand properties was growing three times faster Mm. than uh, the demand for uh, affordable or middle-range houses and mm. investors uh, started to build yeah. there. And uh, because of such market signals, later on also thanks to some credit uh, facilitations, okay, a more easy way to get credit, new investors came in looking at the good profits mm -hmm. that the high-end uh, segment uh, in the property market was uh, producing. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, in the same way, the market uh, the, the, from the supply side uh, became over-ignited. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, this um, idea of not wanting being left out mm -hmm. generated uh, wrong investment, partially supported also by easy credit and now we are in the situation in which the quantity of uh, high-end uh, houses is not absorbed by the market mm. and uh, the number of unsold properties the cooling down of prices the very heavily cooling down mm. of prices because now they are growing uh, no more than one percent a year mm. is a signal that a readjustment mm. is indeed happening okay uh, so this is what we call crisis. I know journalists or developers mm -hmm. don't want to use this term, mm -hmm. but if we use it from an economic perspective, not from a journalistic perspective, is the right word. Mm -hmm. This readjustment process is what we call a crisis, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Which is not necessarily a depression and mm -hmm. will not necessarily end up into a depression, mm -hmm. the last stage, yeah. but this readjustment is necessary and developers need to, to think how to reinvest mm. their, uh, their resources, but we do not have to forget that this kind of readjustment processes always happen in time. Yes. They cannot happen overnight, mm. and therefore uh, they are painful processes. Mm. There will be losses, yeah. there might be uh, uh, job losses, mm. and uh, surely what happened in the property market affects more mm -hmm. the general economy than what can be with the, with the bubble tea. Yeah. But the dynamic, you can see that the, the dynamic is just behind mm. is, is exactly the same. Yeah. And then, um, but then that's where government tries to come in because uh, they want to, so the intention is to prevent this, this painful process mm -hmm. from happening, right? And try to, because you mentioned time, so it will take a long time, but, and it will not happen overnight. But um, what do you think about government coming in and saying that, uh, look, we, we cannot let our people go through this painful process. We cannot let people lose their jobs and, you know, companies going bankrupt. So we need to step in and do something. Um, mm -hmm. But then what does that in turn do to this uh, natural cycle, as mm -hmm. you said? Again, as I mentioned, I think that this uh, uh, 
oscillations, dynamics somehow can't be totally avoided. Mm -hmm. We need to deal uh, with it. Um, however, what can be done, I mean, to, to act once uh, a bubble burst is a bit too late, mm -hmm. uh, we should act in advance. And I believe that, first of all, we need to have a legal framework, an institutional framework mm -hmm. that uh, leads the minimum space Uh, for uh, these recurrent uh, processes. Um, at a small scale, like the, the, the bubble tea, these things will always happen. So we, we can't yeah. re get rid of yeah. it. And I don't think that the government is thinking to regulate yeah. this kind of bubbles. <laughs> but what we see are more microeconomics phenomenon or uh, in uh, huge sectors like mm -hmm. the, the real estate. But I think that the first, uh, uh, the first attention that can be played is on the credit market. Mm -hmm. So to have uh, um, a credit market uh, which uh, is not keen to release easy credit, mm -hmm. okay? So to have uh, good and strict down payment rules, okay. uh, good and strict uh, rules uh, in order to allow borrowers mm -hmm. uh, and uh, loan applicants to, to get their application approved, mm -hmm. uh, this will create, uh, uh, probably will... Uh, will not discourage the bubble, but uh, will help the people to go through it uh, mm. in, a, in a better and more financially stable yeah. uh, situation. Because uh, indeed, uh, the, the biggest uh, consequence is uh, financial instability yeah. for the people. That is where the government should, uh, should play a role. Mm. And um, looking at what happened in Europe 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I would say that uh, probably the best way to address eventually um, a crisis situation mm -hmm. in the property market would be to help the people, the borrowers, rather than saving the banks or yeah. saving the developers. Mm -hmm. It will be a complex scenario mm -hmm. and uh, we, we can't think that the, the government should run helping whatever sector mm -hmm. is uh, under crisis. We should... Uh, conceive a better institutional framework mm -hmm. to get the cycles as smooth as possible, yeah. but knowing that uh, at a certain extent these processes mm. cannot be avoided, will mm. be part of our, of our life. Yeah. If you look at economic history, mm. they always happened, mm. not only in, uh, during the capitalistic economy, but mm. even during the colonial period. Yeah. Uh, during the medieval age. Yeah. Why is it so prevalent in the um, in the real estate market though? I mean, you know, we look at the uh, subprime crisis mm -hmm. uh, that happened in 2007 in America, which then, you know, escalated into a global financial crisis. And then we have something similar happening uh, over here as well. Um, is, is, the, is the property market particularly uh, susceptible to... Uh, to this phenomenon? I think so. I think that the people, of course, uh, when we talk about housing, is, um, is a product that attracts uh, uh, more people from the demand side. It's mm. not a niche product. Everybody wants to have a house. Yeah. We all live with the feeling that we feel yeah. uh, more safe yeah. if we have our mm. own property. So whenever there is uh, an occasion to push from the demand side, mm. surely... Housing is, uh, is an attractive sector and is a sector 
where also uh, profit opportunities are there. Mm. So we have also quite uh, an easy fever yeah. uh, on the supply side because yeah. uh, it's a long-term investment project where you can, let's say, become an homeowner. You think that you can become passive uh, in your mm. uh, income yeah. earning uh, over time. So it's very, it's very attractive and uh, regarding the generality, of people both from the demand and the supply side. Mm. Um, of course, the construction sector mm. has a big impact on the general economy. Mm. So in percentage, in relative terms, is uh, very important for uh, every kind of economy. The employment mm. in, in this sector is big. So the consequences also on the general economy can be mm. pretty wide. And, um, Vernon Smith uh, and, uh, and one of his colleagues have, have studied the phenomenon that uh, after World War II, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 12 out of the 14 recessions that were experienced mm. in the United States were preceded by a housing crisis. Mm. So there is a strict correlation yeah. between what happened in the housing market and the general economy. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Um with the and I, I I like actually what you mentioned about uh, you know the government's role being uh, uh, having a stricter regulatory framework for uh, for credit uh, giving credit to to borrowers and uh, you know you you see a lot of uh, uh, many of our politicians actually going into the news saying uh, you know no actually we have to make it easier for young people to buy houses for example we need to uh, encourage uh, you know these uh, young people to own homes and uh, which seems contradictory to uh, to what you just mentioned and also seems uh, contradictory to the overall idea that uh, you know that you only buy something when you can afford it, <laughs> which yes. is quite a simple notion, but a bit, but you know, a bit difficult to 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 re realize in reality. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, why is it that there is such a strong motivation? I think on part of many governments around the world that okay, we need you know our people to own homes, and and it might be different in some parts of Europe. I think where renting is a bit more common, but uh, in general, you know, as you mentioned in the uh, you know. Governments tend to say that, and then you know the situation then favors mm -hmm. banks rather than borrowers. Um, yeah. Yeah, but of course, uh, politically speaking, is uh, is a selling very uh, argument very popular to say <laughs> yeah. I I want the people to become homeowners. Mm. So once politicians say like that, you you feel flattered and think yes, it's one of my rights <laughs> to have a house. Yeah. Uh, imagine a politician say, "No, it's not your right." Mm. Of course, uh, it's, it's not a popular, mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. popular way to reason. However, common sense mm -hmm. says that we should uh, uh, buy what we indeed uh, can afford, mm -hmm. and uh, that uh, we can buy a house, which is a long-term investment mm -hmm. uh, um, project. Uh, after many years of saving yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and hard work, yeah. if we can. Mm -hmm. uh, so th that is uh, my idea. Uh, and look at the unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. If we agree, as we have argued this morning, that uh, fluctuations are somehow mm -hmm. something that we can't avoid mm -hmm. over time, so we go through economic cycles. If your personal situation is uh, uh, more, in, more unstable, mm -hmm. whenever bad moments come, you are badly equipped to face it. Yeah. If you are overexposed financially, mm -hmm. in good moments, might mm -hmm. not be a problem, but mm -hmm. what happens if 
bad moments come and you mm. lose the job. Mm. So I'm looking at the phenomenon in the, in the long term mm. or in the medium term. Um, so we, we need to, I believe, uh, to launch the message to the people that uh, they need to be financially stable mm. and prepared to go through the different waves uh, mm. that involve uh, the economic system. Mm. Uh, by being overexposed is not, uh, is, mm. is, it's not really suggesting them to, to borrow more money. Yeah. It's not really helping them mm -hmm. uh, in educational terms uh, or uh, facing the economic scenario. Mm. Uh, in this sense, I can understand uh, the appeal for banks to, <laughs> to give out money, yeah. uh, but that's where the role of government comes in. Mm. Uh, not only on the educational side yeah. with the people, but of course you, you can't stop people mm. uh, to borrow money if uh, they can do that. They can go to the bank and yeah. indeed get the money. Yeah. So, so the, you, you should play indeed on, on regulations and mm. be sure that uh, via regulation people don't do something that put them at risk. Yeah. And by putting them at risk, you, you put at risk the whole uh, economic system mm -hmm. and Malaysia is a country in which household debt is already something like 80 to 83 percent yeah. of the GDP mm -hmm. so this is a message that uh, I tried to launch over the past week mm -hmm. uh, in Malaysia the home ownership rate is 76.3 uh, percent mm -hmm. and the household debt is 82 <laughs> percent on, on the GDP yeah so looking at these two figures mm. probably the first one is less than a problem compared with the second one. <laughs> and the government should think about addressing mm. this second problem rather than the first one, mm. which is more difficult, less politically yes. uh, not, paying not back, popular. not popular. Yeah. Uh, but uh, again, you are, uh, you are ruling a country. Uh, you are not uh, running a, a, a casino. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so. it's, not, it's not supposed to be a popularity contest, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But also, I'm interested to know if uh, this this issue with home ownership is also to something to do with income, right? Because I remember, like, uh, so I still I, I live uh, with my parents, and you know they have owned this house that we live in since it's al almost as old as I am, about 28, 28 years old, and uh, they always tell me that when they bought it, you know, the house cost like I don't know, like a hundred ninety thousand ringgit, <laughs> and you know that was back in nineteen ninety, and now it's like you know cost ten ten times or even more uh, that, but. Uh, at that time, you know, it was a very sort of, um, it was a kind of a conventional pathway where, you know, they finished their degree and then they got a job. And then, you know, because my mom's a civil servant, she can get a government loan and then mm -hmm. she got, she bought a house and then, you know, finished paying it off like about 30 years later. Um, you know, but, but now those kind, the, the, those routes are not so conventional anymore, right? I mean, uh young people going to university and then leave university, don't get jobs, are in debt, and then, you know, cannot afford. And then when they do get a job, you know, their, their salary means that they can't really, they can't afford a house, especially not in the city. Uh -huh. So I'm wondering if it has also something to do with, with those other factors as well, where, you know, incomes do not match uh, these uh, escalating prices. Well, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a very complex issue and you have to, to look at it from several perspectives. I think one interesting perspective is to consider that Malaysia is changing. Mm. So the scenario that you described yeah. uh, is a scenario of uh, an underdeveloped or early stage developing country mm -hmm. in which the price of land and the price of, of uh, houses is, uh, is relatively cheap mm -hmm. 
and uh, over a few years uh, you can make huge margins yeah. uh, out of your property. Mm-hmm. But Malaysia has run fast mm-hmm. on the path uh, to growth. You can see Malaysia, mm-hmm. Kuala Lumpur uh, is, uh, is really uh, an impressive city. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this development brings consequences mm-hmm. in which uh, prices of houses tend to be more stable mm-hmm. yeah, on the higher side, yeah. but also more stable. So probably also that big profits uh, that were uh, possible to, to gain uh, in the 90s and early 2000s are no more there. Mm-hmm. If you buy something at 1 million now, most probably you can't resell at more than 1.1. Mm-hmm. So 10% yeah. is already considered a yeah. good, uh, good margin, while uh, probably 20 years ago you could resell at two times mm-hmm. the value or three times the value. Yeah. Uh, that times are over and mm-hmm. most probably they will not come back. Yeah. But of course, you, you gain in terms of different kind of jobs, mm-hmm. uh, you are not anymore a rural society, yeah. you have services, you are working for a think tank <laughs> that probably 25 years ago was uh, yeah. uh, unimaginable. Okay. Yeah, cannot yeah. be thought of, yeah. 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 Um, so the, this is, uh, uh, there is a new mobility, uh, probably you have access to mm. cheap flights to travel all over yes. the region for and your connectivity, connectivity yeah. which is something that probably your parents mm-hmm. did not have. Yeah. So society is changing. We have to understand that uh, we are losing access in the short term mm-hmm. to certain things, but we are gaining mm-hmm. access to other things. And this is also a matter of consumer preferences. Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, the generation that is coming up now is probably uh, living uh, in the conflict between uh, the urge to buy a house, mm-hmm. but also the, the will of higher mobility. Yeah. Um, travel around the world, maybe to have the possibility to get a job in Australia or in the US. Mm. So, of course, if you have a 30 years loan, yeah. you are chained yeah. uh, to your Kampung forever. Right? <laughs> yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. Myself, I, I, I think when I came to Malaysia eight years ago and I was facing the situation, the, the, the choice, should I go, should I stay or should I go, mm-hmm. like the famous song. <laughs> um, uh, looking back, I had nothing. I had no loan, I had a bad job, uh, (laughs) no money, no family, nothing. So I was in the ideal conditions to live. If I had, like my sister had at that time, a 25 years loan for a house, probably (laughs) today I would not be here. (laughs) So look at the Mm. complexity. So it's true, we we probably houses are less affordable Mm -hmm. in terms of the relationship with the income, but we have access to... Different uh, things. Doing different things yeah. in a different world, in a world yeah. of change. And uh, houses becomes a different kind of good. You, I believe you still can uh, can buy, but mm-hmm. after years yeah. of, uh, yeah. of work. This is, uh, uh, this is one thing. Uh, another thing I think that is more delicate is regarding the access to jo- the job market for young mm-hmm. generations. This is something that is uh, typical of uh, developed countries. Uh, you are in a situation in which most of the youth get a degree yeah okay yeah and uh, in the western world mm-hmm. in southern europe in example in many countries in southern europe now because of this mm-hmm. when you start working you don't get paid mm-hmm. you have to work a couple of years for free <laughs> to prove yourself yeah yeah uh, so here you are already more lucky because you have you have a small a small salary but at least you have a salary yeah this is because the degree is mm-hmm. not discriminating anymore mm-hmm. how can i check mm-hmm. if uh, who I want to hire is a potentially good resource yeah. or not. I need to test because the degree is not telling me anything mm-hmm. because everybody Everyone has one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the, the first job becomes 
the, the place where you where you really can mm. prove yourself. So your first and job is actually like a job interview. Like like a job interview, <laughs> yeah. yes. And uh, actually what I've seen in my experience in Malaysia, uh, you, you start low, mm -hmm. but the possibility to grow, even to double your salary mm -hmm. over a few years, Mm -hmm. Is there? Yeah. If you if you have value, mm -hmm. you you can jump up uh, mm -hmm. in, in let's say in a span of five years, yeah. quite quite uh, mm -hmm. quite fast and quite high. Uh, something that, uh, in example, in in Italy is not happening, where mm -hmm. salaries are flat toward the the, the lower level, yeah. and uh, you enter with a salary uh, in mm -hmm. a job, and probably you will get more or less the same amount of money for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here, mobility. Mm -hmm. uh, Is, is higher, you have less, uh, um, I mean, let's say contracts are still flexible, yeah. you have the power to bargain with your employer, mm -hmm. your, your contracts, so you are not fixed in trade unions mm. uh, set up, yeah. uh, where in, in Italy we have mm. uh, uh, national, uh, national contracts, so yeah. if for a certain job mm. you will be paid a certain amount, whatever is your qualification, mm. okay? Yeah. You can't ask more, mm. okay? So that so inhibits growth and growth, mobility, yeah, and right? social mobility. Yeah. So here I would say, yes, the, the, the entrance level is probably low, but if you are good, mm -hmm. you, can, uh, you can grow. Mm. The issue is to prove that you are good. Yeah. And in a society in which only few people get a degree, yeah. the degree and degree, to get a degree mm. is not that easy. Yeah. The degree becomes already a, a check of yeah. ability, a check of skills. Uh, now, wherever everybody gets a degree, it's like nobody has a degree. <laughs> yeah. So you, you need to, to prove yourself in a different way. Mm. You kind of back to square one yeah. where before people had the, degrees. The, margin, yeah. the marginal value of a degree is, yeah. uh, is going back to zero. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, I was also interested in what you said before and how uh, people's priorities change, right? Yeah. And for this generation, perhaps, you know, the, the priority is not uh, the not what our parents, our grandparents' generation had, which is to uh, own a home and settle down. And, you know, there's a sense of permanence about yeah, that, yeah, um, which might not appeal to uh, some young people, many young people uh, nowadays. Uh, mobility is so much easier, uh, connectivity. And, uh, you know, you all you need to do is go online and see a job opportunity yeah. in another country that might be like, oh, that's great. I, I want to apply for that job. And, yeah. and, and look at the advantages of a flexible society like Malaysia you mm -hmm. still can choose to go the old way mm -hmm. so work out save and buy a house yeah. or you can choose for mobility mm -hmm. many people uh, look at Singapore probably with wrong eyes mm -hmm. um, you know if you work in Singapore you have uh, a forced withdrawal from your salary mm -hmm. for the house funds mm -hmm. so you you want the house mm -hmm. or not you, you, still you still have that kind of forced withdrawal from your mm -hmm. salary so It's true that uh, home ownership rate is uh, is higher mm -hmm. there, uh, but probably you have no choice. Mm. Uh, so I still prefer a situation in Malaysia. In, in you have the option. You have the option. Yeah. You want to be mobile. You mm. want to, to be dynamic and go to work in another country. Mm. You can do it. Yeah. Prove yourself and uh, you mm. can do it. And in fact, we have plenty of oh, yeah. good Malaysians that mm. are uh, making their name abroad. Uh, abroad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so so uh, again, the, the Singapore point is interesting because so there's like it's a forced savings for something for like house. the EPF, something like the EPF, yeah, right. but for housing. 
But it's not. Is it for your own house? So and then you have new. You need to kind of buy a house. Yeah, something that? like that. It's ah. like a sort of a down payment mm. that goes for the house. Okay. And you know we have all these government houses, yes, uh, yes. etc. This is just a small point, but mm-hmm. uh, before looking with uh, admi- admiration <laughs> to a certain model, yeah. look at uh, the implication of mm. that model. Look at the details, the right? Details, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think Malaysia is still uh, a good place for uh, for mobility and for. Uh, for choices and opportunities. Mm, yeah, and I mean, sometimes I also read uh, on South China Morning Post and all these, but you know, houses in like in, in Hong Kong, for example, where you know young people live in shoe boxes practically, uh-huh. and yes. you know we I, I we haven't we've haven't reached that stage, and I hope not. But um, you know, in in those kinds of societies, in your opinion, what it was is the has the bubble just grown out of control, or uh, that that caused these problems to happen? Yeah, the, the bubble somehow went out of control, but uh, you, you have a, you have a situation in Hong Kong in which the limited territory mm, plays okay. a role, and the pressure from the demographic pressure mm. plays a different role. So mm. all these uh, factors from both from uh, demand and supply side. Mm. Uh, make the situation in, in, in Hong Kong very difficult. So mm. <laughs> Malaysia, I mean, is, is a yeah. very different, uh, yeah. uh, different position, I believe. Yeah, I think so. So, do you think that Malaysia is currently at the at that? I think I mean for me uh, after after this conversation, I feel like we are at this crossroads uh, between uh, that generation where you know housing is uh, like you know housing is something that. It's like a destiny, right? When mm-hmm. you work and then you you buy a house and then you settle down. A crossroad between that and also with a with a different generation that has a different set of priorities and maybe that also plays into the overall yeah. demand, the demand cycle for houses. Yeah, surely we are in a uh, in a cultural mm. uh, cross exchange. Uh, probably to be completed, it will take a couple of generations, yeah. um, and uh, these will. Uh, play a different influence on the rental market mm. but I think we will see something interesting yeah. coming up in the in the next years mm. uh, and there is also the, the segment in which I see a bigger role for the government so mm. rather than having the government as a, a mm. developer <laughs> but uh, really yeah. playing a social role for mm. those people that are really in the need of a shelter not yeah. of home ownership but more generally of a shelter but even can't afford to rent and support the real poor people not the bottom 40 mm. uh, on, uh, on on renting a house mm. talk about bottom 40 we're talking about almost half of the population you can't <laughs> yeah. have a, an effective policy yeah. targeting half of the population yeah. you need to be much more specific mm. okay okay that's interesting and uh, I think we I think I've pretty much covered most of my questions about bubbles but you know, I think I just have a last one, which is, you know, is I think you we've pretty much covered it, right? Uh, uh, you know, what's the role of government and private sector in, in in this in this phenomenon? But do you see any more bubbles? Do you expect to see any more bubbles in the near, near future? You know, I don't think we saw this bubble tea thing coming, but you know, what's the next big thing? I mean. Um, yeah. If I may guess, I mean, usually I try to be quite prudent in my <laughs> guessing. I, I tend to say that economists are not fortune teller, mm. but uh, it is interesting to see what is going to happen with Family Mart. Mm. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is my my, my guess. Mart. Because mm. Family Mart is protein uh, a little bit everywhere. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's a different situation because Family Mart 
comes from uh, is uh, is back from up from, no, from a from a big poultry producer in Malaysia. Oh, okay. So uh, is part of a big group that is trying to create its own outlet for mm. his. Uh, chicken products okay. uh, but I, I I can see a big plan of uh, family mart shops mm. uh, sprouting everywhere this might be the next phenomenon mm. to keep under uh, that's interesting because uh, I so I take the LRT to work every day and mm. uh, in in practically every LRT station now there's a mynews.com right yes. and I noticed that mynews.com is becoming more like family mart now yes. so they have ice cream they have coffee they have the uh, Odin uh, you know that people can buy and, and have for lunch so it, it didn't used to be like they used to just sell like newspapers and snacks but uh, I see that they are you know they realize that you know family this family mart model is very popular and uh, they're starting to do yep. the same yeah. yeah. So you will have uh, my news and Family Mart, mm-hmm. strictly speaking, 7-Eleven, more yeah. or less all doing the same thing, mm-hmm. one next to each other. Yes. Uh, like now we have T-Live, Chat, chat Time, <laughs> and all these kind yeah. of things uh, next to each other. So this mini market model might be mm-hmm. the next uh, the next bubble. Mm-hmm. But again, let's well, see. Let's see. <laughs> let's, let's see. see. Yeah. You know, you might be a fortune teller after all. Who knows? <laughs> let's see. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you so much, Dr. Thanks, Carmelo. Thanks I think that, that was fun. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the, the discussion. Uh, we uh, I learned a lot about bubbles and uh, housing prop, housing market and um, and all those good stuff. So thank you very much for joining Thanks us. Thanks to you. Thanks. Thank, thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ideas Allowed. For more information about our work, log on to www.ideas.org.my and follow us on Spotify, iTunes and Podbean.